Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. I woke up a few hours ago for the interview and it's sunny and it's gorgeous. And I'm so excited and energized because of the conversation I just had with Dr. Sandra Lamorghisi. Few months ago, I was reading her memoir, which was fascinating. And she was talking about her experience and her life story. She started as a holistic practitioner, health practitioners, similar to many of the profession that many of you guys have. And as, to, as the turn of the event, at age 55 years old, she changed her career and she started working in one of the most well-known famous BDSM dungeons in New York City. Sandra is an expert in personal and professional reinvention, authentic living, communication, and bridging the gap between sexuality and a lifestyle that focuses on holistic health of the mind, body, and spirit. As I just shared with you that her recent book, Switch, Time for a Change, is a memoir of her journey from holistic practitioner to professional dominatrix. At 55 years old, after losing everything, and her passion and purpose is to empower others toward healthy, authentic living. Here is my conversation with Sandra Lamorghisi. Welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Sandra Lamorghisi. Sandra, welcome to our show. Thank you. 
Thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful. I love what you're doing. I think it's exciting and very inspirational. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. So we're going to talk about a little bit about your background. I recently read your wonderful book, Switch, (laughs) Time for a Change, which is your memoir. And I was fascinated with the different roles that you had throughout your career. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, Sure. I mean, For, you know, 20 plus years, I was in the um, health industry, fitness industry, spa industry. So I had this whole background and it started started to evolve more into the wellness over the years. But it was always, you know, the same thing is really like mind, body and spiritual health in natural holistic ways. And... 2000, about 2010, 2011, I started doing a lot of experimentation in the healing of energy, you know, how we're all energy and how, you know, we can have this transmuted into other areas of our lives and how it's, you know, really a healing aspect like Reiki. A lot of people have heard of Reiki. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, and I started tapping into this sort of different dynamics of energy and sexuality seemed to me to have the most powerful impact. So I started playing with that. I started researching it and I really started studying it and I was so fascinated and I started, you know, transmutating this energy and like all of a sudden I lost my practice. And, you know, I always say what you think is the worst thing that could happen to you turns out to be the best. Sometimes everything happens for a reason. And I manifested this, you know, I was manifesting all this, all this stuff and, you know, the universe and and God or source or however you use your terminology sort of said, well, if you want all this then we need to get rid of that because I didn't have any space. So I lost my practice and very, very quickly, I had a, a beautiful practice, a warm wedding practice. It was, you know, I was very happy. I was working a lot of hours and I definitely was looking for a, a change in my life. And I really, I was 55 years old at the time and I couldn't get a job. And I just felt like that was a part of ageism and I had all this experience and all this passion and health and well-being and I, I really couldn't get a job at Whole Foods. Oh, wow. and, I've, and I just, you know, I have a graduate degree in holistic nutrition and I couldn't understand why no one would hire me. And I, and I just kept trying to keep positive and just kept saying to myself, well, you know what, you know, I'm going to trust this. I've been trusting it all along when everything was good. Let me trust it when I my interpretation of it's going down or it's turning bad. So I'm like, don't judge it. Just see what happens. And then one day, one of my girlfriends said to me, and I'm sure you read it in the book, and it's a true story. And she said, Sandy, what are you going to do? I mean, really, what are you going to do? And I just, and I had this inspirational thought come out of my subconscious. And I just said it out loud. And, and I said, is it illegal to be a dominatrix? And she said, I don't think so. And at first I rejected it. I thought it was ridiculous and I didn't see how that could be possible. And it was just like an offhanded joke. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, you've been doing all this sec- this sexual um, energy work. You've been doing the female sexual empowerment work. This could kind of be interesting and you could walk the walk. And I didn't understand how that could happen. I didn't have any experience 
And I, I just understand how society would even, you know, think of a woman my age at 55 years old as sexy. Or I, I just didn't see how it could be a possibility. But I was so intrigued by the whole idea and I kind of went for it. That is so fascinating. I was just reading your book a few weeks ago. And first of all, you're an excellent writer. It was so Thank engaging. You. But I love that how you were able to talk about your journey. And I, I got so excited. So I interrupted you. Please go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. no interacting. I would like to get your feedback and, and your inspiration and your energy. Um, yeah, I just, I just got so fascinated by the idea. And I just really thought it could empower me as a woman or anyone that's over 50 that wants to go for it. And I just started Googling it and started doing some research, and I found this blog where this woman wrote that she went to a dungeon and only lasted one day because of the psychological and physiological torture. And I actually called them for a job. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, of course, you have to read the book, but as you know, it went through steps, and they really were not interested in me because I had no experience but I just, I just wouldn't let it go. There was just something in the back of my curiosity and like my empowerment. Like I just knew that somehow this was going to really change my life and it could really be something really inspiring and extraordinary. Like I wanted this extraordinary journey and I didn't know how I was going to take it. And I just kept needling them and I kept emailing them and emailing them. And then finally they gave in. They saw that I was sincere, and on Christmas Eve, I received an email offering me an in-person interview that upcoming Tuesday, and I was really excited, and I went in, and it was just so wild, and it was very interesting, and I didn't judge it, and it, it didn't seem scary to me. It just was so fascinating, and I thought, wow, I could really get into this. I could ch- make a role, you know, I'll, I'll create this character and who is she going to be and how is she going to act and I wanted to bring some of my own personality into it and have my boundaries like in all my own terms and that's exactly what I did and I went down those stairs and I went into the interview I, I got the job and I stayed down there for a year Wow, what a wonderful story. And I know that in the book, you're talking about how empowering it was and how it helped you in various aspects of your life. I know you were talking about boundaries. And mm-hmm. I know that's a struggle that many people have. So I think that was fantastic. Yeah, it really taught me about boundaries. Um, I knew that going into this, well, I felt like instead of me losing everything, it was an, I started to believe and understand that this whole process was an opportunity for me to create the life of my dreams and not do the same patterns that I have been doing my whole life. Like everything was gone. It was completely, I was completely free to make different choices and take risks. And I started doing it. So I started creating boundaries. I started thinking about my self-worth and my values. And I started applying those principles to my career and to my life. And amazingly, it worked. It came out positive. So if you have fears and, you know, you're afraid to, to put up boundaries. And, but people respect you. The more you respect yourself, the more other people will respect you. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we're afraid sometimes to say no, or we're afraid, you know, not to give in because we're afraid that we're going to lose something. 
because that's your first, you know, abandonment issues, right? Everyone has them. Don't leave, you know. I don't want to lose the money. I don't want to lose the relationship. I don't want to lose my friends. You know, I don't want to lose stuff. So you keep kind of compromising yourself to hold on to these things. But the truth of the matter is I found that the more I stood up for myself and really was more authentic is when my life started to rearrange itself to where I was really happy. And I know that one other thing that you were talking about in the book that was fantastic was about the relationship between vulnerability and authenticity and the lessons you learned throughout your uh, work as a professional dominatrix. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to be in control and I always felt like I didn't want to take, I mean, I was always kind of a risk taker, but not really. You know, I was always playing, playing it safe and I was, you know, alternative because I was always in the mind, body, spiritual, natural healing type stuff. But I, you know, still people pleaser and I, you know, wanted to be liked and have like this certain dynamic going forward that was, you know, pleasant. It wasn't, you know, we're always taught to be nice. So I just felt like I just didn't want to do that anymore. And the only way that I was going to be able to do that and be respectful, but I didn't have to be the way I used to be, like pleasing everyone. So, and that took a lot of risks. So I had to, I had to actually allow myself to be vulnerable, to be able to step out and really show my authenticity. And then in turn, by doing that, it empowered me. And the more I became vulnerable, like even going into sessions with clients and, you know, I have to go in there and be very vulnerable to opening myself up to like whipping people and, you know, putting diapers on people right. and doing all this role playing. I mean, it puts it put me into a really vulnerable position because I had to show sides of myself that maybe I didn't even want to look at, you know, and that started transmuting and started transferring into other areas of my life as being a dominatrix and showing and showing vulnerability and opening up to different possibilities. I started, I started doing that in, in my other parts of my career and my life because it gave me confidence. So, you know, whenever we do anything in one area of our lives, it does affect other areas. Absolutely. And I know you were talking about that before you started uh, working as a dominatrix, you were practicing mindfulness, tantric sex. And as you were talking about a few minutes ago, you're really into mind-body experience. And it's fascinating how everything is related and how the changes we're making inside can impact our surroundings. Yeah, I mean, it totally does. It really does. I mean, we really do shape our reality with our thoughts, our feelings, and beliefs. And that's, that really, you know, is on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. Like people trying, let's use an example, people try and go on a diet and lose weight, right? They really want to lose weight, and they're going to stop eating sugar. So we know sugar is bad for us. And, you know, you can tell me logically and, and we'll do it for a while, but we always go back to our really subconscious thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And, you know, that has a lot to do with the way we grew up and things that influenced us. So I can stop eating sugar for a couple of weeks, but eventually I'm going to go back to eating sugar because of my subconscious. I believe that it's okay. And, you know, we all, we're all going to slide back into that, that old pattern that we don't even realize that our subconscious is controlling. 
Right. And I think one wonderful thing about like sexual play is it gives us opportunity to explore our unconscious and what's going on deeper part of ourselves. Yeah. When you're in, when, you know, in my sessions and what I really learned in uh, my BDSM sessions, my fetish sessions is really being present um, with my, you know, my partner, my client. And when you're when you're present like that, and you're not thinking about the electric bill, you're not thinking about other areas of your life. When you're really present, you're not using so much of your conscious mind. The subconscious kind of takes over and starts creeping in, and you start getting ins- inspirational ideas. If that makes sense, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So the more, you, so even if you know you take this on a personal level, and you're having. Um, relations and intimacy with your partner, then when you're really present with your partner, that's when you start tapping into subconscious and you can start manifesting with the sexual energy. Yes. And I think that is very powerful because I know as like one of the concepts in psychology is concept of Eros and how it's related to life energy. Oh, it's definitely life energy. It's definitely life energy. And, you know, sexual energy is the highest form of energy. So whenever you're in that, that, and you have to feel good about it. That's the important part. So if you're having sex with your partner and you're not really enjoying it and you're not present and you're just having a bad time, you're using that energy also. Yes. And that's why, as you were talking about, it's very important to be mindful and the present and like kind of be aware of what's going on in your body and what's going on with you and your partner. Yeah. And really, and really connect, you know, so many times, so many couples are having intimacy, they're having sex and they're not even present in the room. You know, they might be fantasizing about someone else or doing something else, or hoping it would get over, or whatever else that they're doing, but they're not really present with their partner. And that's what BDSM is all about, and fetish work, because when you're playing, and you're having fun, and you're present, you can't be thinking really about anything else, and it really connects the couples together. Fascinating. And I know that there are many misconceptions about the BDSM community. So I wanted to hear a little bit about, about the dynamic of dominance and submission and the relationship to power exchange and pleasure. Well, yeah, there is definitely a misconception. Um, and Fifty Shades is a really great example of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> BDSM doesn't have to be about pain. It doesn't have to be about that at all. And most of my clients aren't even into it. I mean, that's kind of like the misconception. Um, It's really about being present with your partner and having like certainty and uncertainty. And that sparks a lot of, you know, chemical reactions in your body, dopamine rush and high and serotonin, uh, sexual hormones. And there's, there's a dynamic that we need balance so most, of, so most of my clients are dominant in their real lives. They're businessmen. They run the world. They're bankers, lawyers, judges. They're businessmen. Um, they own big corporations. And they're really basically running the world. So what they do is they want to decompress for an hour or two. So they come to see me for sessions. And I actually take over. So for one hour or two, they get to decompress and not have to think about anything. And I would, you know, I... I take control. I dominate them. And they love it because they get a release of of submission. 
that they can't really show in other areas of their lives. So it's really a, a power and energy exchange between dominant and submission, which is great because it's very therapeutic. Absolutely. And uh, I know when I explore sexual fantasy with people, I see this same parallel as you were talking about. And for people who are dominant in their life, they have this fantasy about being taking like someone taking control. And it was so fascinating to see that at the beginning, it wasn't making sense for me because I was wondering how what what is the relationship between their uh, like actual life and their fantasies. But then the more I work with it, the l- more I learned about the balance that you were talking about. Yeah, people, we need balance in our lives. We just can't be all one thing. We are, are everything, you know, to to a certain extent. You know, you may be dominant, you know, 90% of the time, but there's a 10, and it might be very healthy and comfortable for you, but there's still going to be that small percentage of yourself that's going to want to relieve, you know, to relax. Like, that's why I love personal trainers. That's why I love, you know, when I go on photo shoots, um, or I do anything acting, or, you know, I have a director, I have someone guiding me. Like, those are the times that I just let go. And I'm like, I don't want to think about it. Just tell me what you want me to do. Right, absolutely. It's important about to have the balance and sometimes be able to kind of let go of that uh, feeling of I need to be in charge. Yeah, and it's you know it's letting it's let's trust. It's about trust. So anytime you're collaborating in business or in a relationship and you're negotiating the terms, you have to trust the other person. So you know if I can let go and trust. You know, if I do some work with someone and they're an artist, like we collaborate and then I, you know, I let them do their thing, like see what they come up with. You, you really do miss out on a lot of things when you, when you can't trust people. So this work can actually get you to, to be able to do that. Yes. You can let go, trust someone else and it all comes out great. And maybe it doesn't come all great. Maybe you fumble around and you try and figure it out and, oh, okay, the feedback. Well, all right, we'll do it this way next time. It's all good. It's all feedback. It's all positive in discovering yourself and your partner. Right, right. Absolutely. And what I was something that was very interesting as I was looking through your website and then reading your book, it was about how you were talking about people can use their sexual energy to tap into their creativity. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And how can our listeners do that? Sure. I mean, when you we all have sexual energy, Think about if you're reading erotica or you're watching a little sexy movie or something and you start getting that feeling or your partner texts you, that's sexual energy, you know, as an example. So instead of trying to turn that off, start allowing that to happen and prolong it, you know, however you can do that, whether it's to texting or looking at photos or, you know, reading something or watching something or thinking about something or fantasizing Everything in the universe has certain levels of energy. You know, there is negative energy. There's, you know, depression will, is a certain level of energy out in the universe. Anger is a certain level of energy out in the universe. Love is a certain level of energy. And so is sexuality. But sexuality has the highest vibration and it all has vibration. So sexual energy has the highest vibration. So that's a, like a vibration that's com- energy that's coming off of your body and it's filling the universe. 
So as long as you can, the longer you can stay in there or frequently come back into that sexual energy, you'll be manifesting things in that energy field into your life. Or if you're angry all the time, that's what you're drawing into your body. And that's the, that's the whole concept behind what goes around comes around. If you've ever been in a relationship, have you ever been single for a very long time and you start getting into a relationship and you start that honeymoon stage where you're always feeling sexy and, you know, always wanting to be with your partner, then all of a sudden a hundred guys are asking you out because your energy is going out into this field, this vortex called the universe. So if you can keep in that, keep in that energy and keep in that positivity, then you can manifest a lot of different things into your life and be open for what the universe brings back to you. It could be an inspirational thought. It could be a feeling. You could make a turn in a road a different way. Go with that energy and, and trust it. Learn how to trust it because it is working for you. Every, every bit of it. Wow, it's fascinating. I never thought about it that way because you were talking about how when people are at a better place and they're about feeling confident and as like similar when they start dating someone and then things can change. And I never thought about it as far as the energy. So that's very interesting. Yeah, whenever you're, whatever energy you put out there is the energy that's going to create your, your reality back to you because that's the level of any energy that you're in. Uh, the universe is all made of energy. So sexual energy is the highest vibration. So can you imagine what you could be bringing back into your life? And I know, for, I know because I, it happened to me. And things started turning around and like all these amazing, fascinating things started happening to me, like talking to you right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it's wonderful that you're talking about kind of surrendering because I feel sometimes special women, they get this intuition and feel these feelings, but it's very hard to surrender and trust the process. Yeah, you really have to trust the process. And you know what? That takes baby steps. So the first time, like when I got that intuitive thought about being a dominatrix, because you imagine where that came from? I mean, that just came out of the blue. So, I mean, I just wanted to trust it. I was like, at that point in my life and in my studies, I was like, you know what, this, this didn't just come to me for, for nothing. Like this idea came to me for something. Or when I went to, you know, the nude beach for the first time, and I took my, and then my intuition told me to bring my photographer. Next thing you know, I'm an international Huffington Post blogger. Wow. What, how, what a fantastic and fascinating story. Yeah. I mean, so it's, you know, when you get these intuitions and the, the universe is working for you. So, I mean, if you're in that positive energy and you start getting an intuitive thought, trust it. And it may take baby steps, but I am learning and that's the vulnerability and that's the authenticity to like go for it. I mean, just go for it because the only thing is stopping you is, is uh, fear. And that's just that. And that's just, that's not even a reality. I mean, there was no way at 59 years old, I was going to go down to a new beach. I mean, there was just no way I've never been one, been to a new <laughs> beach my whole life and never did I ever want to go, but I just thought it would empower me. And I had this intuitive thought. You know, my friends brought it up to me. I was like, no way. And then, like, it just drove me to go there. And I said, well, if I'm going to go there, I'm going to document it because I need to, I mean, I really was not um, an international blogger or anything at the time. So, I mean, I was still writing my book and I was still getting that out there. And 
I just was like, I'm going for it. And then one weekend I had done a, like a small photo shoot for Huffington Post about three months prior to this. And I still had the lady's email and I had all this, these photos and I had the story and I, I really wasn't thinking anyone would be interested and then I had this intuitive thought, it was on a Saturday afternoon, to send that story to the, the woman I worked for, the, you know, during that photo shoot. I just had the intuitive thought out of nowhere. And I just wrote her one line in the email and said, you know, do you think, I went to this new beach at 59 and I was just thinking if you ever wanted to interview me about a story sometime, you know, I, I would be up for that. And it was just was very simple. The next Monday, she got a hold of me. She sent it to another editor. Next thing I know, they were offering me my own blog. Wow. And I love how you are courageous and you're kind of open to different opportunities. And it seems like the same thing you you were talking about in the book as far as taking chances is a big part of your personality. Yeah, I mean, that's the vulnerability. The only way that you're going to be empowered is that you allow yourself to be vulnerable. I mean, it wasn't easy for me, believe me, to come out into the public, especially on that sort of platform about me going into a dungeon and working, you know, a year. You know, most I mean, most sex workers or people in that sort of industry, they just, you know, they have fake names and they never come out in the open and they keep everything separate. But I had something to say and I had to find the courage to do it. I love that. And I could definitely sense the openness and vulnerability even in your narrative in the book. Yeah, I was really scared. I was really scared. And everyone kept saying to me, are you really, you're going to come out with this? And I mean, I really had to take the chance and I had to trust it. I'm like, there's no way I came this far for nothing. And the universe keeps bringing it to me. I mean, honestly, Ariane Huffington left Huffington Post Mm -hmm. and she opened up a new platform called Thrive Global. Well, guess what? Her editors got a hold of me and said, you want to write for us? Oh, wow. You know, so now I'm writing for Thrive Global. Last week, a week or so ago, I got an, an email from an editor at AARP, and they're starting a new sex um, column, and they asked me to write for them. You're inspiring me to be more open and vulnerable as well. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh wow, if like if you if you can't open yourself up to vulnerability and taking risks, no one is going to know about you. No one's going to know about all the wonderful things that you have to offer. Like you have to take risks because believe me, the, the more that we step into our authenticity, the more permission we give other people. Because I know that, and I love being a part of the idea that all things are possible. Because there would be no way any of this would happen if I didn't trust the universe and just really allow myself to take risks and be vulnerable. I mean, I, could, I mean, who would go into a dungeon 55 years old? <laughs> right? And then come out and, and tell the whole world about it on the front page of the Huffington Post. I mean, those are the kind of risks that I took. And it... And it, well, believe me, I, and I paid consequences for it too. I lost friends and family members and, you know, a lot of different things happened. But the truth of the matter is I gained a lot also. You know, the, old person, the old person that I used to be had to die and then I had to create the new person. And with that, with that process comes loss. And that's, you know, we really need to accept that. Like there is definitely loss to um, being authentic, but there's a lot to, a lot to gain. 
And I think the most important thing is just kind of giving the voice to our true self, because I yeah. think there are lots of stigmas you were talking about around different sexual behaviors, sexual orientations, and the more we suppress those emotions, energies, and feelings, it impacts our mental health, our relationships. So we're kind of losing ourselves. Yeah, we're losing ourselves. We are. And, and you know what? What happens then? That causes illness. Because the mind tells the body what to do. Just like when you come home from the store and you've been sitting in traffic and you're fine, fine, fine. But the closer you get to the front door, the more you have to go to the bathroom. And by the time you get into the bathroom, you think you're going (laughs) to just not even make it. Because the mind tells the body what to do. If you close your eyes and start thinking about a lemon, your mouth is going to start salivating. Because the mind tells the body what to do guides the body so if you're thinking you're you know you're not worthy about owning who you are that's going to affect the body too and that's going to start manifesting into disease and illness spiritually emotionally and physically so we need to start being authentic we need to start taking risks and you know especially women and i don't expect anyone to do what i did of course but you know whatever it is be authentic and and feel like you you deserve to be who you are and have your desires fulfilled, whatever they are. If it's going back to school or whatever it is you want to do or getting into a new relationship or having children or anything, you know, starting a podcast. <laughs> right. Amen to that. And I was thinking about that you were talking about taking like being more taking more risks and being able to kind of get connected to your true self. I know many of the patients I work with, they would like to explore new sexual behaviors. They are curious about BDSM, but they don't know how to get started, what they need to explore. What are some of the recommendations you have for them? Well, I would say start out slow and communications is a really big factor. So the first thing they should do is start the conversation with their par- with themselves to see, you know, what what their true interests are and be honest with themselves and then start bringing that conversation into with their partner. And maybe it could just be as simple as a domination and submission type uh, role play. You know, maybe you can start playing on the phone or start texting each other. I mean, that all creates different energy. Or maybe you can pretend like he's your teacher or you're his teacher and, you know, start to control the other person dominantly and start learning how to submit. Because two dominants and two submissions is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, and you can play back and forth. And whatever your natural, whatever your natural inclination is, like who you are, is probably works best in the scene. So if you really feel like you want to dominate your partner, then try it. If your partner really wants to dominate you, and maybe try it. Like start exploring different things. You can, you know, definitely go to sex shops now or, or you know, intimacy stores are definitely geared towards women and couples now. It's not like those dirty little, you know, peep show type stores where (laughs) women or couples do not want to go in. When you go into those types of stores now, it's couples and women. And the women are really, you know, running the show anyway. So, you know, because they're the ones who are feeling the most vulnerable. And I always say to men, don't make this about you. 
You know, don't make it about some kind of fantasy you want to fit, fulfill and make it about you. Make it about the both of you doing something together. Like so many times, you know, couples always feel like they try and they want to fulfill some fantasy, but they're not including their partner. It's more like one-sided. Like there's no way you're, you're I mean, I, I don't think that your your partner, your female partner is going to want to have some threesome with you when you really is about you looking at two girls, if you get my drift. It's more like your partner is, you and your partner are doing this together and you're inviting someone into your experience. Absolutely. And I like how you were talking about it needs to be a part of a collective experience of the all parties involved. Because if one person, as you were talking about, kind of forcing their uh, what they have in mind, I think it's good to be like, you know, some people are more in directing roles, but it needs to be kind of uh, have like in consideration the needs of everyone. Yeah. And you know what? Bondage is a big thing. And people think, you know, when they watch different shows, I mean, that's really vulnerability. Like, let someone tie you up. You know, it's some people were just really not comfortable with not by losing all control. So maybe you might want to start something like, I mean, even like hair pooling, grabbing someone's hair is, you know, BDSM because you're showing them a little different of uncertainty there. Like, oh, wow, you know, it's, it's, it gets a reaction or a spank, a little bit of a spanking or, you know, and then start, you know, incorporating things slowly instead of, you know, going out to the store, buying all this bondage stuff and having the, you know, then it becomes really about props. It really should be about the people. Right, right. Absolutely. And then then start incorporating different things that you can play with and do it together together. I mean, maybe one partner could go to the sex store or go out and get something, some rope at Home Depot and text it to their partner and get the ball rolling. I like that. And you were talking about that, like how people can start small and kind of start with exploring and communicating. And I think that is so true. Yeah. I mean, that's where it starts. I mean, you can't, I mean, if there, if you have no experience whatsoever, it's all uncertainty. You don't even know how you're going to respond. And that's the beauty of it. And that's why you should go slow because in these sessions and, you know, your experience together of trying this out, you learn a lot about yourself. Maybe you'll say, oh, I, I wasn't really into that, but you could do a little bit more of that. Absolutely. You know, like you could try different things and try it on and not and not take it too seriously. I mean, don't try something and just, and if it didn't work out, be like, oh, I'm done with this. Like, let's try something else. I I wasn't really that comfortable with that, but maybe we could try this. Yes. And I think as you were, we were talking about earlier that like bringing excitement and curiosity to the uh, sexual relationship and behavior can impact how mindfulness and can help people to stay in the moment because I know boredom is one of the reasons that many couples I work with kind of like cause them to zone out and kind of have this like negative energy around sexuality. Well, that's what happens because you can't, I mean, if you're sitting at the kitchen table and you're with your partner for, you know, 10, 5, 10, 15 years and you had the same conversation, wouldn't you stop talking? (laughs) That is true. Right? So start getting more curious about bringing other playing into the experience and not just the physical. I mean, the physical sex is only a couple of minutes. I mean, make make it about a whole playing experience when you can, when you have the time. That way it starts to bring some playfulness. And like when we were kids, it's just adult playing. 
when you play when you played house when you were a kid or cops and robbers or whatever it is you played it's just getting into this role play and just having fun with each other and and not judge and be more curious and not judge because the less judgmental you are the more open your partner will be like women are afraid their their partners are going to think they're dirty or slutty or you know bad they get this because society tells us that we're not allowed to behave like that but we can behave however we want as long as it's safe, sane, and consensual, we can do whatever we want to do, you know, without judgment and just more curiosity. And like I said, laugh at each other. Have some fun. I laugh in sessions all the time. That yeah. is great. Yes. And I think it's just, again, it's very important to be connected and, but also like uh, show your vulnerability. Before we end today, I want to make sure you, you have so many great resources, information. I know you have your own blog. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way? Well, all you have to do is Google my name, Sandra Lamorghese, and all my stuff will come up. I mean, my Twitter, my blog, everything is under my name. So it's it's not confusing at all. Wonderful. And I'll make sure I put uh, information about your blog and also your website and different ways for people to keep in touch with you in our show notes. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it was wonderful. Thank you for inviting me, really. It was wonderful. It was inspiring to hear Sandra's stories, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. One thing that was very interesting was that she was talking about how BDSM is not a practice of rejection, anger, hate, or punishment. She talks about how it's about giving practice of love, compassion, acceptance, And it was fantastic to hear that she was talking about her own vulnerability and how taking chances helped her to progress in her career, in personal life and professional life. Before we end today, I wanted to ask you guys if you get a sex-related question, if you wanted to learn more about topic, please feel free to contact me. My email is drmoali at Sexology Podcast. I'll talk to you later. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.